What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Mid-State 48 Week 10 Preview Edition. I'm Chris Brooks, and Scott Burton's with me. Uh, Tom Duggan is still getting moved into his house, so we will have him hopefully <laughs> next week. Yeah, he's gonna have to. He's gonna have to hire some new movers or something. He needs hopefully, something. never has to do that again. Yeah, I hope it's the last time for him because he's had so much trouble with it. Full candor, he did not ask us to help. Yeah, yeah, this is true. Uh, or he'd here, be out for another week. Doesn't go as large as he used to now. So <laughs> but that's not, that's another story for another time. Well, let's talk about week nine real quick. Uh, light week with a lot of teams off for fall break. We were all in Rutherford County with separate games. You were over at Rockville for a historic night with the Rockets. Tell me about it. Well, uh, they they started out the game about an hour early, so the crowd was late arriving. And uh, boy, if you, if you were late, uh, it <laughs> you missed it because it, I mean, right out of the gate, it was uh, it was something else. Uh, you know, Blackman jumped out and and got the lead, but after that, it, it really turned into the uh, Lamarcus Nelson show. Two hundred thirty-two yards, five touchdowns. Um, and there for a long time looked like Rockville was going to run away with it. Actually, uh, do- uh, doubled up uh, Blackman at one time, 50 to uh, 24. But Blackman came storming back, and uh, you know Jack Risner had a great night. Justin Brown had a tremendous night receiving. Uh, they made it close. They got it within five, and uh, if they'd have got that uh, – that, uh, onside kick it would have been it, it may have gone the other way there was just enough time for them to do it it was a it was a great offensive game uh, you know Rockvale uh, that crowd was excited when everybody got there and filled it up Blackman uh, had filled up their side pretty good um, it, I mean it was really a great atmosphere for high school football and you know, unfortunately for Blackman, it didn't turn out the way they wanted. But uh, uh, you really have to be happy for those Rockville kids. You know, Coach Rice, uh, you know, this is a team that didn't have a field when they started. You know, a few years ago, their seniors started playing out at Central Magnet just to have a place to practice. Mm-hmm. I remember that you know when you went over to their uh, um, and did a. Uh, a house call, you know, they barely had a, a place to, to practice there. And that was into the, into it a little bit, you know, into their uh, being around a little bit. So uh, honestly, you know, great, great opportunity for rock, uh, rock fail. Those kids uh, played their tails off this year. And I tell you what, you better watch out because you know, if you, you know, this team's going to, when they get the playoffs, they're going to be something to be, to be reckoned with. They're not going to be a pushover. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see, you know, how things fall for them in the bracket. They still have a chance to mathematically win this region. The only problem is they still have to play Oakland and beat them to do so in week number 11. So uh, Rockville far ahead of what we had them this year, obviously, and far ahead of what anybody had them this year. So obviously coach of the year stuff from, from Rick Rice, as far as uh, that coaching job with those kids, they've been they're seven and one right now, and you know they've they've really impressed a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, they impressed they impressed me, but you know, that's not you know <laughs> that's not saying a whole lot. <laughs> but speaking, uh, speaking of Oakland, um, another battle of bro win for the Patriots, twenty four seven over Riverdale, and really it was one of those games that it just never really 
got into Riverdale's territory. I mean, Oakland just seemed to control things from the outset. Uh, Riverdale did lead, though, 7-3 to three before the second quarter, but the second quarter was a disaster for the Warriors. They had several penalties that pushed them back to end some drives for them. They couldn't sustain anything, and, and Oakland won the second quarter handily, and, and that was it because no one scored in the second half of this game. It was really between the, the 20s for most of the second half. Do you think it was just the pressing uh, that Riverdale was doing or uh, that, that you know, caused them to – because you jump out uh, on uh, Oakland that quickly. Yeah, I mean, a little bit maybe, but – and, you know, Will Kreisky was talking about this, that uh, it was just uncharacteristic for his team to do that. They made some – they had had some procedural penalties and a couple of holding calls and, and things that didn't go their way, and they got behind the sticks too much, and Oakland could pin their ears back. Yeah, it's Oakland. I'm sure that uh, the team across the line of scrimmage had a lot to do with it. Yeah, and, and Oakland's defense, I think, had a point to prove because they had kind of felt a little slighted uh, after the games against CPA and Lipscomb, and they wanted to show that their defense was elite as well. And I think they did show that on Friday. So you know, the Patriots are still ha- finding things to play for despite being unbeaten, despite being number one of the state. And that's a dangerous thing when you can continue to find motivation every week find something to get better at doing that's the mark of a championship team and i think when when you look at kevin creasy's bunch they want nothing less than a gold ball and we'll stop at nothing to get it i think you said it right there you know having something to play for every week i'm sure they were uh you know they heard about about all as much about uh, riverdale's defense as they wanted to yep and riverdale had allowed 27 points coming into the game for the season. Oakland scored 24. That tells wow. you how, how what they were coming in and what they were coming out. So, yeah, a, a good night for Oakland, obviously. You know, Riverdale's going to wind up probably second unless something just crazy happens next week. But you know, these two teams will find each other again probably in the quarterfinals like they have the last couple of years. I expect it to happen again. That's it for our week number eight or week nine review. Um, Going to cut this segment a little bit short because we have a special guest coming up in the next segment and an old friend coming back to talk to us. We've got Christian Capozzi from the Green Hill Sports Network to talk Hawks football in our next segment. Stay tuned for that. Back with Christian Capozzi after this on the Mid-State 48. Stay with us. Back here on the Mid-State 48, getting you ready for week number 10. Want to welcome in a special guest, and in fact, the original third member of our crew, Christian Capozzi from the Green Hill Sports Network. Man, Christian, good to see you, bud. How you doing? Yeah, man. Good to see you. We got video now. What's happened since I've left? Oh. I mean, up and up, huh? Well, well I mean, <laughs> oh, oh, wait a minute. Let's see if we're going to talk about up and up. Yeah, <laughs> hold up here. <laughs> no, 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 no. You've you've had a you've had a nice little boost to your career as well, getting on at one hundred four five as well. So congratulations on that. First yeah, off, absolutely. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. No, it's been a lot, a lot of fun, and uh, man, still doing high school ball, and still remember a couple of years ago. It feels like a lot longer, but uh, talking all those games, ninety teams in a night and stuff like that. That was yeah. that was a, yeah. a fun season. Yeah, 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 it was. Was, yeah, that first year was uh, that was something special. I, uh, but yeah, man, it's good to see you. You know, you know, it's like you said, it feels like old times. So yeah, except we're not all cramped. Be- except we're, we're not all cramped in Chris's. 
apartment. And, and we don't have a pizza or, yeah, other than that, it's yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I kind of feel bad about that, but then again, I don't. So <laughs> we're, we're all good. Like, yeah, we're all good there. Um, Man, what a season for Green Hill. I mean, yeah, one loss so far. They're playing for region title potentially in this week and next. And, you know, from your perspective, you know, what's this season been like to cover a team that's had this kind of run? It's been completely different from last year where, you know, I was telling people when we started at Green Hill is like, I'm totally looking forward to a, there's a first of anything, a first touchdown, a first, you know, win, a first this and that. And the challenges they had a year ago made it very special last year of what you were able to overcome. I mean, the practice situations and things like that. And then going into this season, knowing that, you know, Although you had the COVID-19 thing, not as big as a ordeal as it was last year. They had, you know, a weight room, a practice field. There were pieces in place this year, all but five guys coming back. I mean, it's been, it's been one heck of a ride for head coach Josh Crouch and his crew. Uh, losing to Siegel week one and then pulling off seven in a, in a row going into the final stretch of the regular season. I mean, it's been, it's been quite a run the last two months for uh, the Green Hill Hawks. Yeah. I actually got to go over there yesterday and hand Caleb Carver his player of the week award when he had five touches and five touchdowns. I mean, when you have a performance like that, it, it goes to show that a lot of things are going right. He's special. I mean, just what, what they're able to do. He scored 12 touchdowns this year, uh, nine receiving two rushing one on a kickoff return. And he had a mixture of those uh, in the, the five touchdown performance he had a couple weeks ago, but yeah, he's just, he's dynamic on offense. They put him in the slot, put him out wide, put him in the backfield. Uh, he's a playmaker, and it's uh, anytime you know he wore four last year. He wears seventeen this year, um, so it took me a game or two just to remember. Okay, that is Carver out there. We're in double digits, uh, but I think other coaches are caught on real quick because anytime seventeen's got the ball in his hand, it's uh, it can be kind of scary. Imagine it didn't take very long for them to figure that out once he was starting to run over the field on them. Yeah, no, yeah, uh, it, probably after one game too, I was like, okay, I, I know who seventeen is now. No worries. <laughs> Well, talk a little bit about the defense that uh, that they've they've had that that uh, they've they've been making some stops out there. They have, and I tell you, the the two biggest uh, additions are up front for Green Hill. Um, you know, I mentioned a lot of guys didn't come come uh, or didn't have a lot of guys leave. Only had five seniors a year ago, but they got a guy that came in from uh, Portland, Oregon, uh, Zach Hoekstra. He's a senior this year. He has been dynamite up front. Levi Irby played a little bit last year, uh, but has been a, a huge, huge addition up front for uh, Coach Childress as the defensive line coach. I mean, they've just been uh, run stoppers up front. And in the secondary, uh, especially last couple games, they've got 17 turnovers as a defense this year. And uh, they're getting the ball back for their offense. And Coach Josh Crouch, kind of the head man of the defense, but he's also got two coaches and Coach Long and also Coach Eddie Sellers. Uh, that they've kind of depart, uh, you know, kind of broken up the defense and giving different, uh, uh, I would say, kind of control of different areas. And it's been it's been one heck of a, a heck of a performance for the defense. Where you think of the offense, they're putting up 20, 30 points a game, but the defense, I mean, they're they're putting and stacking some nice performances together as well. Now, this winning streak hasn't come very easily because there have been a couple of games where they've had to go for too late to win it. Uh, talk about those games and how those develop because man when you're when you're running like that it's a good time 
So, and, and that goes back to the defenses. Both of those games, the offense, the first half, just kind of non-existent, just couldn't get going. Uh, the first one was at Hillsboro. Green Hill was down 20-7 to going into the fourth quarter. And, you know, defense got two big stops in the fourth quarter. And the offense, you know, just kind of keeping your head down, keeping it going, uh, ended up going and getting a score late. I think that game they scored with 18 seconds left and uh, went for two. Cade Mahoney, the quarterback, found Caleb Carver for the two-point conversion. And then just a couple weeks ago against East Nashville at home, same scenario. Offense just, just couldn't get going early on. But in both those games, the defense standing strong, making plays at the East Nashville one. Uh, Eagles had it going in fourth and goal from the five-yard line, up a score. And defense forced a fumble, got the ball back at the two-yard line, setting up a game-winning 98-yard drive for the offense. So they're really playing complimentary, complimentary football right now. Offense is playing solid. Uh, defense is really strong. And then they got a really nice uh, special teams core. Kickoff return with Caleb Carver's been great. And then they got a kicker in Sam Crickmar, just a junior. Um, it's just been well balanced overall uh, on all three phases on the team. Well, considering you know, the way this region is shaping up, you know, you've got station camp this week and a monster game for this region yeah. and for the playoff, the playoff uh, possibilities for this region as many as they are. And we, we've, we've kind of chatted on social media about that and, and what could come if Green Hill beat station camp. So, Ooh, I mean, it's, it's so big. Just, just to think about the difference of where we are right now, this season for Green Hill from where they were last year, you know, last year they were, you know, knew that there was no postseason eligibility for the Hawks. They were going on a road to Chattanooga at the end of the year. And, you know, not saying they were ready for it to get over with, but it was just kind of a, a wrapping up. I mean, going into the final two games this year, it's completely different. Uh, just knowing the way that this region has played its course with station camp. I mean, nobody in the, I mean, nobody saw the, the bison coming on the way they have now seven and one and a perfect four and zero in the region and green Hill as well, four and zero in five, five, a, but man, every, everything, still out in front of Green Hill and an opportunity to go into the final week of the regular season uh, with a chance to win a region title. I mean, obviously this game against Station Camp, if you're going to want to win a region title, you got to do it here because Station Camp wins, they win it. Yep. Um, but, man, it's, it's, it's a huge opportunity for a, a team in just their first season of eligibility for the postseason. Well, I know, I know uh, that uh, you. I, I know you. You've done your homework. Tell me what Green Hill is going to have to do to uh, to defeat Station Camp. Well, I, I've seen the Bison twice now. I saw them in the game against MJ, and I know Scott was there. And then I saw them last Friday, where I kind of just ended up uh, being a fill-in reporter. I, I was just going to watch them, but it ended up being one of the upsets of the week. Um, from from what I've seen. Station camp pretty stout up front on defense. They got a front seven pretty big overall. Uh, they got a linebacker in the middle that uh, just really dynamite, uh, just dynamic up front. So from what I saw, Portland did a good job of getting out on the on the edges and running the ball. And if you're Green Hill, I think you know Brax Lamberth been good all year long running in between the tackles. But I think they're going to have to spread the field a little bit, run it outside, get the ball outside to to Carver, maybe run outside with Lamberth, and even they got a tight end in Braden State, and he's a junior. Uh, he's had a couple SEC visits these last couple weeks. Uh, probably get him the ball some more. And then defense, I, I think they've just got to be ready for a, a strong run game for station camp. Very interesting what the Bison do. Of they, They've got three guys on the field at all times that can run it and put a guy in the backfield, give him a couple carries, and when he gets tired, just swap him out real quick and put him in the backfield. 
And so they're going to have to be ready for a ground attack for Station Camp, which, I mean, for them to have the, the win streak they did to start the season, obviously it's a, it's a really good one for the Bison. Your time over at Wilson Central, you actually had dealt with Josh Crouch quite a bit. So uh, talk about uh, that relationship that you've had with him and what he's like now. Crouch is a, a great dude. Yeah. So I was I was on the team when he was coaching the freshmen at Wilson Central. And just the way that he has put so much emphasis on one football and on one off-the-field stuff. You know, as, as much as he talks about, hey, got to do this on the field, got to, you know, technique, scheme, whatever, he is just as – as focused on outside the game, whether it's building relationships with the players. He's hosted so many different uh, events this year with uh, a military night, uh, a teacher's night, heroes night, uh, had a, a mother's day out on a Saturday following a game. Uh, just, it's been a really cool seeing from, you know, what I knew with him at central as an assistant to seeing him putting his own fingerprints of knowing, Hey, I'm, I'm very familiar with this community. I know what, I want to do from the get go and uh, man, just super proud of what he's built with not just, you know, obviously you look at the record and think, man, they've had a great season, but the foundation of this team is, is set up not just for success this year, but for the next couple of years with the, the buy-in he's gotten from his guys. Cause I, I mean, from what I've heard from all those, all those dudes on uh, green Hill, they just, just love coach Crouch and his entire coaching staff. I think he's understood too. Um, and and he, he's learned that too, as, first-time head coach, you you want to do everything, but you're going to have to build a really good staff, and I think that's what he's done with Ben Kuhn as an offensive coordinator and several other just really good position coaches. Um, I mean, Coach Crouch, in less than two years, uh, I think he's done a fantastic job up on the hill. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, your role at 104.5. You've been a lot involved with the Titans this year. How fun has that been for you? That's fun. It's a lot of fun. Uh, working with promotions for 104.5, uh, getting to work the game day coverage. So, uh, man, getting to hang around with, you know, they played Buffalo the other night and hang around with Kevin Dyson, who was part of the Music City Miracle, and Blaine Bishop and all those guys. A lot of fun. And then getting to do just a, a lot of the other sports stuff around town, uh, helping spot with uh, Andrew Allegretta at Vanderbilt now. Uh, he's their new play-by-play -play guy and uh, still working games at Cumberland University and obviously Green Hill. So, man, staying busy, which is uh, – especially this time uh, – Time of the year is a lot of fun, very hectic. Um, but man, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Having a having a blast. Obviously, you right. seem like you're having a great time with it. Oh yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> not getting much sleep right now. And I was just journaling too. And I know this is you know mostly uh, football, but I was like, oh my goodness, basketball starts in three weeks. How does that even happen? But uh, actually, Green Hills having a basketball media day here in the next couple of days. So uh, one kind of transitions into the next. But I know after. From what Green Hill's done this year, I no way ready for uh, football to be done yet. So hopefully yeah. they got a couple more weeks left in them. Yep, for sure. It seems like a good time. Yeah, I'm having a blast. Need to see you guys out there one night for a game. Well, guess what? Scott's going there Friday. I'll be there Friday. There we go. There we go. Oh. <laughs> All right, man. Great to catch up with you as always. Uh, have Absolutely. fun with this weekend and the rest of the season. And I know we'll talk again soon. Uh, hey, anytime, anytime you want to come up there. Scott, looking forward to seeing you on Friday. And, uh, man, loving everything you guys are doing this year. Having a, having a blast every Wednesday morning to get up and flip it right on to YouTube and catch the Mid-State 48. Is it going to be a little weird seeing yourself on camera this time, or are you used to that now? I, well, that's a good question. <laughs> I might skip through it or have to watch it again and say, ooh, I don't like what I said there. Or, but I'll, mm. I'll, I'll watch it either way. Okay, sounds good. Scott, you anything for him? 
No, no, I'm looking forward to uh, I'm looking forward to seeing you out there, Christian. Hey, if you want a spot in the booth, let me know. I can put your name down. We'll put it put it right there on the uh, press box. You you say uh, it, we'll do it. I appreciate it, but I have a feeling that our illustrious uh, uh, person over there in the other square next to me doesn't <laughs> want me on the sidelines. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and getting off the rails it's just like old time getting off the rails again yeah exactly it didn't take long no all right christian take Uh, care man we'll see you soon see you guys thanks christian Christian. posey for the green hill sports network and 104.5 the zone joining us in this segment when we come back we're going to pick some winners who you got up next the system is state 48 powered by 615 preps we will be right back after this Back here on the Mid-State 48, Week 10, it's time to pick some winners. It's who you got. Um, you forget that, I try to do that every time. So, Yeah, that's my problem. Pick winners, you said. Uh, <laughs> see, here we go. Well, so let's bring the board up just, just because of that little comment there. Um, yeah. Reggie... Gained a, gained a game on the field last week. Reggie's starting to heat up a little bit. I'm, I'm concerned about this. Yeah, I would be too. I mean, look at the, you know, I've never been I told you so by a cat, but now we've been done that way six times. Yeah, he, he's had a way of, of finding these winners. I don't know how he does it. I don't know. He's a special kitty. Special kitty. Here we go. Yep. Well, let's just take a look at the board from last week and see how this all went down. Um, not a lot of, not a lot of, red there except for blackman on a couple of people fans yep. took blackman you had blackman tom had blackman didn't work out no the red starts popping up on the second page though because reggie's who you got or, or told you so was was portland over station camp and tom had one with west one over east robertson so yeah those were two that uh you know well i mean nobody saw coming really except those guys so yeah yeah. So let's uh let's get on to week number ten. And we start with Answorth at Brentwood Academy. And we were split. Reggie and Drake going with the Eagles of BA. You, myself, and Tom were all headed on Answorth's side. What do you think? Well, I think that uh this this has potential to be a really good game. I I think though that Ensworth just has a little bit more firepower. On their side. That being said, if it comes down to special teams, I like Brentwood Academy a lot. Um, but I just think Ensworth, uh, you know, coming off of uh, what they'd come, you know, a bad performance is is going to is going to come out and have the advantage here. Okay. FRA at BGA. BGA looking at that number three seed in their region. FRA needs this game to keep their playoff hopes alive and really to actually give themselves a better shot of the playoffs because they don't want to finish last. Drake is going to pull the upset here and go with FRA. The rest of us are with the Wildcats at BGA. Oh, nothing ventured, nothing gained, right? Um, To me, it's just going to be too much Sean Williams in this game. I I just think that that BGA is primed to have a big running day against FRA. Yep. Hillsborough, Mount Julia. This was a game that if you had talked about it, at the beginning of the year, we would have thought this would be for the region title. It's not. It's not even for second place. This is for making sure you either A, get in the playoffs, or B, you know, maybe get that number three spot. Uh, Hillsboro has played much better as of late, have, having won a couple of their last three games. Mount Juliet 
lost their last two before and off week last week. So Drake goes to the Hillsboro and the rest of us take the Golden Bears. Yeah, I, and a lot of it's going to depend on where the where Mount Juliet's head is uh, mentally. They've not performed in a Golden Bear way over the last four games. Really, they allowed White County to put up thirty two. They barely got by. Wilson Central dropped a game to Surging Station Camp, and then they got absolutely roasted by Lebanon. Uh, you know, this is, you know, if they can come out and write these games and get the region back, uh, you know, later on, but if they play poorly, even if they win, if they play poorly, you know, I, I don't know that they recover enough to do a whole lot of damage uh, in the next, in you know, in the, in the playoffs. Yeah. I think a lot of this, I think that uh, this is going to be a lot of this, uh, will determine of what the season is going to be. And I can, you know, I can see it. Drake may get, I mean, if Mike East Jones goes off, you know, Hillsborough has a chance. Yep. They've been playing well lately. Yep. They have They've really improved since the first half of the year. Uh, they have a shot, an outside chance if they win this game to finish as high as third in this region if they go on to beat Wilson Central next week. But uh, a lot of that region still yet to be determined with two weeks to go. A game that I absolutely love on the schedule, but hate for this week because there's so many playoff implications around it. JP2 and Ravenwood, if we played this game earlier in the year, it would be a marquee matchup. But because it's a non-region game and there's no playoff implications really tied to it for either team, it kind of gets lost in the shuffle. But we're going to pick this one because the quarterback matchup here is absolutely juicy. Absolutely. And, you know, quite frankly, this is one of those games that if you don't have a dog in the hunt or if you've got uh, if your team's off or, or whatever and you want to just go out and see a good game, this is the game to circle. I mean, you're right. Absolutely great quarterback uh, quarterback play in Parson and Minchie. Um, it This game could not end till midnight. I mean, in all honesty, I mean, they may be playing, you know, long after it's, you know, everything else has gone home. Yeah. Uh, these teams can score in bunches. I may, I may try to venture down there if you're still playing around 1030 or so. <laughs> and you probably can. <laughs> Not being that far away at Lipscomb Academy. So yeah. uh, Reggie's going with Ravenwood and the rest of us are taking the Knights. Oh, it's way. knowing Reggie's record. <laughs> he may, he may nip us right there. He may get us. Page at Independence, also non-region game, also potential for fireworks. And we're split on this one as well. Uh, you're taking Independence, and I'm taking Page. So let's hear it. Yeah, I, I'm going Independence. I, I, I like uh, – I just think that they're, they're due. Their offenses can match up with Page, I think. I really do think their offense can match up with Page. And Page had a little difficulty with defense against Nolansville. Um, so I, I think that – this is a tight game, but I like Independence to win this game over Page. I'm taking the Patriots because unless Independence's defense got markedly better in the last two weeks since their last game, they're going to have a they're going to have a struggle this week because Page Jake McNamara won't have a field day against them. It, this has, this has potential to be, you know that that shootout that you saw at Rockville last week. Th- this mm-hmm. could be that game this week. Could be 50-45. Who knows? Yeah, if you're covering I like, this, I like, Page, I like Page in this one. Yeah, if you're covering that game, we're tennis shoes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's on turf, so it's not on turf. So, you know, just kind of make sure you don't slip. Yeah. <laughs> on to the next batch of five, Station Camp at Green Hill. You will be at Green Hill on Friday. I will. Looking forward to it. And we're split again. But yep. You and I have Green Hill. 
I like Green Hill here. I think uh, I think their offense is really uh, coming together. They're uh, they're playing really good defense, but and truthfully, in all phases of the game, I think Green Hill is actually playing very very well. Um, Station Camp. It'll be interesting how they rebound after their first loss. Yeah, yeah uh, Station Camp. I mean, you know, they beat Mount Juliet on a missed field goal at the end, uh, and Portland mm-hmm. may have exposed them a bit last week. Yeah, that's what I was. I agree. I, I think that they. Uh, you're right. Yeah, Springfield at Portland. Drake wants the upset in this one. He's taking Portland. The rest of us are taking Springfield. If Springfield wins this game, they win the region. If Portland wins it, it goes over to next week when they play Henry County. I like Springfield in this game. Uh, I, I mean, it's it's their defense that really uh, that, that really stirs it for them. And yeah, last week was the most points that they gave up. They've given up all year, but that score was fourteen to seven at halftime in Springfield's favor right. and just it just got away from them. Mm-hmm. They got behind, they probably pressed offensively, they couldn't do anything, gave up an interception. It was just kind of a, a bad situation all the way around and and you have those games and the best thing that Dustin uh uh coach uh will uh, coach Dustin will do is get them to put that game behind them and move on. Yeah, Beach got them out of the rhythm the second half last week and that's that's uncharacteristic of Springfield. I expect them to get back to what they do best, which is just grind the thing out on the ground and keep Portland's offense off the field. And, and I expect them to do that in droves. And they're gonna have to because uh you know this uh Portland team can run absolutely run against anybody. And uh Freddie Paxton's actually having a great game. They actually have three good backs. Beach at Brentwood, another one of those non-region games. We just talked about Beach beating Springfield last week. And we're split on this one as well. You've got Brentwood over here, and I'm taking Beach. Yeah, I like Brentwood in this game. The the main reason, I think it's going to be a slugfest, but I like the defensive line of Brentwood uh, to kind of to neutralize that running game of Beach and and try to do what they can to to hold uh, Patrick Hill, make them throw the ball. But that's a lot. I know that's a tall, ta- a, a tall task. But I like Brentwood to be able to pull that off. I think that they've got the horses to do it. I, I think they can do that. But at the same time, do they have somebody who can cover Andrew Page on the outside and keep him in check? I'm not sure they do. Uh, you, I, I expect him to have a pretty nice night, and that may be a re- big reason why I think Beach wins. And if they and if they do win it by passing, then you know. That you know that plays right into it. That's a that's a feather in their cap if they can do that. Yeah, especially going down the stretch. Yeah. DCA Grace Christian. Now Grace Christian is is one of those teams that flown under the radar all year, but uh, they have to face DCA this time. And DCA has been rolling as of late. You know, aside from the loss to Silverdale, nobody's really touched them. And, but let's talk about Grace Christian for a second. This is a team that was what one and nine two years ago, one and yep. ten last year, and all of a sudden they're sitting at six and two and in the playoffs. That's right. you know we talk about teams that like Station Camp that have a turnaround and Green Hill that has made it uh, to the playoffs. That you know you're right. Nobody talks about Grace Christian and the fact that uh, you know they have a quarterback over there, Jackson Hyatt, that does really well. Uh, they have a, a a good defensive line, but. Let's talk about DC. You want to talk about defense? Talk about DCA and a team that has only allowed 14 points 
uh, in their own region in so far in this, in this region. And, um, you know, you keep making trips over to their, to see their offensive players, <laughs> you know, for player of the week. I mean, yep. they just have way too many horses, I think, for Grace Christian to be able to pull this off. Yeah. Yeah. I like DCA just the way they're playing right now. It's been, it's a confident bunch over there at Donaldson and they're on a mission. You now they, they felt like they should have gotten to the blue cross bowl last year. They have a great opportunity to do so this year. And, and this will be another step towards that goal. So look for DCA to, to assert themselves early and often and, and get away from grace Christian before they can make it a shootout. Agreed. And now the big one, CPA looks <laughs> Academy. Ooh, I'm interested Looking forward to this game all year long. These two teams both played Oakland tooth and nail, and now they get to take it out on each other. So, who we got? Oh. 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 Wow. Drake, Tom, Scott, all in Lipscomb Academy. I'm going with the Lions. Wow. Here's why. Yep. The way Lipscomb Academy played Oakland, they were a little bit they were a little bit concerned about what happened up front in that game. CPA did some damage to Oakland's front up front. And that's where I think the difference lies. I think CPA grinds this thing out. They don't make the uncharacteristic mistakes that cost them this game last year. And I think that they get this region back and set themselves up for a potential, another meeting in Chattanooga. Well, I I think that uh, I'll agree with you on the second part. I think this is part one. I think this is, I think this is the uh, prequel to. I know. Well, wait a minute. This is uh, episode, I guess, episode three, <laughs> and that there will be an episode four. Yeah. Uh, this yeah. year, um, It'll actually, be it would be five, it would be it would be six because you know, these two teams had two had two games two years ago as well. That's true. So the re what I've been seeing at Ellipscomb is just domination, and yeah, granted. Uh, uh, they haven't, uh, and, and yeah, I'm going against and uh, what I said, which was until somebody knocked CPA off, I was picking CPA. But this offense is just light years above anything that we've seen, uh, really. Uh, they do everything well. They run well. They pass well. They play special teams well. I mean, this is, you know, I'm jealous that you, you know, I love going, that I'm going to see Green Hill. Don't get me wrong. I I I begged for that assignment. <laughs> okay, I I get it. But this is one of those ones where I wish it was uh, where I'm going to have to DVR this thing, uh, and 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 see it again. And then I'll be watching your clips over and over and over. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, I I I just this one to me is this is Ollie Frazier. But without, you know, but if we see him again, it's kind of, you know, it's, you know, it's still, yeah. I expect this to be a short first quarter. CPA gets the ball. They're going to run it. They're going to run it a lot. It's going to be Langston Patterson, Cade Law, Langston Patterson, Cade Law, probably Cade Law again. They might mix in something else, but they're going to try to shorten this game up and then throw the big punch late. But don't be surprised if, uh, if Broom doesn't, uh, you know, doesn't get his yards. Oh, he will get his. He will get his. Luther Richardson will get his. I expect Lipscomb's offense to be able to do some things. 
but they're not going to have many chances. And that's why I think CPA can win this game because they'll keep it close. They'll keep it short and they're going to have to, they're going to have to take advantage of every possession because they won't have enough of them. Yeah. That, that's what I expect. This is going to be a fun game. Yep. Again, I'm, 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 I'm tickled for you. I, yeah. I, I think this is, uh, yeah. Like I said, we'll probably see him again, but uh, this game, for what it means at this point, mm-hmm. it's it's special. Now we got to get to Reggie's pick, and I must warn you that this is graphic, so if your discretion is advised. Reggie's headed over. And it looks like he has chosen... The Mustangs of Lipscomb Academy. I mean, that was as quick and swift as I've ever seen him make a pick. Yeah, I mean, he 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 walked over and right to it. He wasn't even as yeah, you're right. That's as decisive as I've ever seen it. That was that was graphic. <laughs> I was no. a little scared of what I had videoed. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I was like, what the heck did I get that? Would, you know. Yeah, let's let's oh, well. recap them real quick. Uh, we're split on a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, we're split on th- on nearly every game this week. Um, who's going Lone Wolf? Drake's going Lone Wolf on FRA over BGA and Hillsborough over Mount Juliet. Mm-hmm. Reggie is taking the solo route with Ravenwood over JP two, and Drake has Portland over Springfield. While the rest of us have the Yellow Jackets. And we're all on DCA over Grace Christian, and I am taking CPA over Lipscomb Academy. Yep. So you have one. So I have one, and, and yeah, and you and Tom are kind of going status quo there. Yep. Yeah. Well, let's. Uh, let's Can't catch you this way, but well, <laughs> there are there are still playoffs to be had. There's still plenty of time. So let's get in one last word before we get out of here. Scott, you had it last week, so I'm going to take it this time. Yep. Just like that. Let's see, that's uh, the thing about recording a show is sometimes you hit the wrong button. But I'll tell you a team that hasn't hit the wrong buttons this year, and that's Green Hill. We, we've talked to Christian Capozzi about that tonight, and it, it's really a sign that several of these teams that have had these comeuppances in 2021 are a sign that the football in this area has gotten a lot stronger. No, you've got you've got Rockville, you've got Green Hill. We talked about Grace Christian just a minute ago. Now, all these teams that are having these resurgent years, it, it's it's a good thing for the sport. It's a good thing for this area because now it's as competitive as it's ever been. And I wholly expect this playoff season to be wild and crazy and unpredictable to a point. But then you still have the teams at the top. You've got Oakland. You've got CPA, Lipscomb Academy, Summit is right there at the top as well. And the 5A race, who knows who's coming out of it. I'm I'm really excited about this playoff season. So these last two weeks are extremely crucial to playoff seating for a lot of teams. As a result, I expect these last two games in the regular season to be as hard fought and as juiced up as they've ever been because the stakes are nowhere or as high as they've ever been and it's a it's a fun time to be a football fan and i hope that uh 
Hope you guys get out to some games this weekend and enjoy the weather because it's absolutely perfect. This is football weather. This is football season. And, man, it's just fun. It really is. Scott, you got anything else before we get out? Uh, not well said, Chris. Very well said. Uh, now, uh, other, other than if you see behind me the uh, shirts we have, um, now we've had the blue one up for a little bit, and uh, but we've introduced new, uh, a new uh, uh, shirt for uh, October for uh, breast cancer awareness. Uh, you can see it behind me. It actually has a ribbon on the football and, and everything. Uh, those are uh, same $25 a piece, but a, pro, uh, a portion of the proceeds from the sa- all the sales of those shirts will be going to the Tennessee Breast Cancer Coalition, uh, a local charity that uh, that helps uh, with uh, breast cancer survivors here in uh, in Middle Tennessee. You'll get one of those. Those are soft as all get out. I actually had a chance to wear those. Man, yeah, they feel great. Yeah, they do, don't they? They feel great. They really do. They really do. Uh, that's all we got. Let's get out of here for this week. Enjoy week 10. Enjoy these games. Uh, we will talk to you next week on the Mid-State 48. For Scott Burton, I'm Chris Brooks. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.